indebtedness and he nailed it to the cross. And then he triumphed over that by defeating death once and for all. And I just sat there on my porch. I think I, I took the picture of the passage. I shared it on my Instagram story and it was just so good that all my life, even when I was just in the worst of the worst, God was still faithful enough to send his son Jesus because he had a plan to save me. And he has a plan to save anyone who has faith in him because he created all of us for a purpose. And that is just, that song is beautiful. I can listen to it in the shower, I can listen to it on the porch, I can listen to it on repeat. I love that song. Welcome to Airline Baptist Church. My name is Andrew Fogarty. I'm the student pastor here. Uh, so good to see all y'all this morning. And it's so good to see um, the people start trickling back in. It's good to see these pews full again, because I tell you guys something. Ministry is hard when you don't get to see your people. Living life for Jesus is hard when you don't get to see other believers encouraging you in your walk. And so I'm just so glad to see y'all this morning, Miss Marianne. Whew, good to see you. Miss you, Mr. Smiling Face. But um, just got a few announcements for you guys, and then we'll get back to our time of worship. And uh, that's it. So next, next Saturday, right, Mike? Next Saturday, 8 a.m., we're just gonna have a quick work day. We'll start about eight o'clock. Got a few things out down by the road. We need to take care of a few things around campus. And so we're gonna be doing that. Hey, this Wednesday night, students are getting back together. Um, look out for an email tomorrow on our location for this week. Hopefully uh, the rain doesn't play an impact on it and bring us back here. Um, Cause it's just so good to be out in the community, loving people and just uh, showing them the love of Jesus. So I'm gonna get off stage and we're get back to worship, but I'm just, I'm glad to see all y'all this morning and I'll pray and we'll continue worshiping. God, we love you. God, you're so good, you're so, so good. Thank you for that song we just sang and just the reminder that all of our lives, you've been so faithful. Thank you for creating us with a purpose. God, I pray that we'll walk in that. God, I pray for the person today that's never walked in that, God, that's never trusted you, that never has understood that you're just so faithful, God. God, I pray that today will be the day that they, that they do that, God. God, as pastor brings a message asking the question about who is your king, God, in this beautiful passage in Matthew, God, I pray that it'll make sense for that person today who's just been wondering who exactly you are. So God, I pray this in your name. We love you. Amen. Amen. Church, let's stand together again. Let's sing this beautiful song, The King of My Heart. And I pray that he is that this morning. Let's sing together. Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my song. You are good.
God, you are good. We love you and we thank you for the privilege to stand and to sing and to lift you up this morning. God, thank you for this wonderful group who have assembled here, God, to lift you up and to sing to you, Father. So I pray you bless this time, bless our pastor as he brings this message to us today, Father. Look forward to all you have to say through him to us today. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Wow, I see what Pastor Andrew was talking about now. Y'all came on up in here. It's good to see you back in the house of the Lord. And as he said, man, when we are shepherds, it's hard to be a shepherd when you can't see your sheep. At least we can see our sheep. In our hearts, we're hugging every one of you, and we're shaking your hands. We're so glad that you're here. Take your copy of God's Word, if you will, and turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 16. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 16. My my memory fails me, but I know one of the, the great theologians said the greatest thing the most important thing about you is how you view holy God what you think about God represents the most important thing about you so when we were just singing you are good you are good you're so good did you picture a king up on a throne did you picture a big majestic door swinging open wide and we're walking into the presence of the king of all kings and the lord of all lords i think for me when i make a conscious effort to do that it makes a difference in my worship when i think about when i picture who i'm singing to you realize he is the king of all kings do we recognize king jesus as that or do we recognize him as somebody who's just there to meet my needs 
Many professing believers say we love Jesus. We recognize him as the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. We kind of keep him tucked away in our pocket, in our back pocket, our shirt pocket, to be there only in case of emergencies. When we view the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords in that way, we only expect him to show up when we need him. I would submit to you, we don't really know him as the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. We expect him just to poof, show up when I have an emergency, or do we live in an awareness of who he is? Do I come to church and I sing, you are good, you are king of all kings, you are Lord of all lords, but when I'm around my friends and my family and my coworkers, do I keep him tucked away in my pocket? Is that real Christianity? Is that real salvation or not? You know, we say we love Jesus, and then we go through a crisis, maybe a family crisis, a wayward child or a wayward spouse, and we haven't really thought about Jesus, maybe except on Sundays, and all of a sudden we get in a panic and we start sweating and we, we start fumbling around and going, I know, I know I've got Jesus. Oh, phew, thank God I have Jesus. He's right here. I just pull him out when I need him. But then when it's in the office and people are talking about inappropriate things, there's our chance to shine for Jesus. We just kind of sheepishly tuck him away in our pocket and act like nothing's happening. Maybe when we are going through a crisis and we, we've known so many sick people in recent days, praise God, I know more people on this side of COVID than I know those that are still struggling with it. We go through a crisis or we get a bad diagnosis of cancer and then we start struggling and fumble, Jesus, Jesus, where, where, where? Thank the Lord. I, I prayed that prayer, a Baptist phrase that's not in the Bible, by the way, of praying that prayer. There is no that prayer. It's about the attitude of your heart. But then when an opportunity comes to gossip and murmur and complain, I just kind of sheepishly put him in my pocket. I would submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that is not real Christianity. If there's no evidence of him being king of all kings and lord of all lords in your life, if we don't passionately worship him, not just in church, but day in and day out as the king of all kings worthy of worship, I submit to you, we will fail. I submit to you, we will become one of those statistics that tell us by the time they're sophomores in college, 98% of our Southern Baptist students are no longer in church anywhere. A little bit of encouraging news. Statistics tell us by the time they get to their 20s, some of them start coming back. But, man, we welcome some of our Truett McConnell students. We're here last week, maybe some here today. We welcome them. We're so glad. We'd like to be your church home away from home. It's important to have a church home away from home. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 16, as we answer, not collectively, but individually, we answer the question, who is your king? If you're physically able, would you please stand and Give honor and reverence to the reading of God's word, Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you, who do you, ladies and gentlemen, who do you, young people, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you're blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God has always had a people. God has always had a remnant. When we live in a society in a crazy world of a time of pandemic and people are told they can't worship, I want you to know God's always had a people. God has always had a remnant. Lord Jesus, I pray this morning 
that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing to you, my Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. May you be lifted up, and we claim the promise of your word that when we do that, you'll draw all folks to yourself. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You can be, you can be seated. I want to thank you again the way I did last week for being so cooperative with us in this time of social distancing and mask and all that stuff. And, and just a reminder, and can I just go ahead and tell you, your pastor should have been there today. We, we do have a section marked off. If you just cannot keep the mask on your face, I was struggling down here trying to sing because I want to sing, but I'm having to use an inhaler and drink water. We do have a section. If you're like me, asthmatic, or they tell me people with anxiety, you cannot keep that mask on your face. We have an area that you can worship, and you'll probably see me over there next week so I can worship without being focused on can I breathe or not. For some people, Jesus is kind of like a, a mascot. He's more of a mascot than a monarch. He's somebody that we like to cheer for and hooray when it's convenient for us. He's somebody we like to put on our T-shirt or maybe the outline of a fish on our car. Some have made Jesus somebody that we can admire and ignore at the same time. Chew on that for just a minute. Is he somebody that we can admire and ignore at the same time? I would submit to you that's not who the King of Kings and Lord of Lords desires to be. If somebody were stalking me, if somebody were stalking you, and they, maybe they put the GBI on us to follow us around for the next week, seven, ten days, month, would there be any evidence that I live my life in awareness that he is the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords? More than the GBI or other people, because they don't see you all the time, Jesus, who resides in us if you're a child of God, if you're not a child of God, he's still all-knowing. What would Jesus say about you? Is he really your king and your Lord? You should have received an outline when you came in this morning if you're watching um, on the World Wide Web. Number one, are you following a fake Jesus? Are you following a fake Jesus? If you're watching online this morning, we're so thrilled to have you worshiping with us. If you're looking for a church that you can come and worship, that's going to look after your safety and social distance you, and we still got plenty of room to spread out in here. If we fill up, we'll just put some up here. We got plenty of room. We'd love to have you come and worship with us. Are you following a, a fake version of Jesus? I fear that many times that we do. A sleepy, scaled down, sappy, sentimental version of the supreme king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. The first one I thought about, we got the Santa Claus Jesus. We got the Santa Claus. We just ignore him until I need something. My prayer time can become give me this and give me that. And with no acknowledgement that you died for my sins, you're the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. There's the Santa Claus Jesus. Then there's the butler Jesus. You know what a butler is? Probably none of us personally, but from television shows, they ring the bell and the butler comes. He brings you your meal. He brings you your needs, all my needs, whatever I want. Some people view Jesus as nothing more than a glorified butler. Some people view Jesus as nothing more than an ambulance driver. When I get into a serious medical situation or a family member gets in a serious medical situation, Jesus, I'm going to keep you in my pocket. I thank God you're there. You can respond when I have an emergency. Is that the King of Kings and Lord of all lords? I submit to you that is not. The fourth one is the handyman Jesus. I want somebody who can come and fix what's broken. If something is, as long as things are okay, you can stay in my pocket. But when things break down, I need you to come and to provide a quick fix. And don't stay too long. Don't inconvenience me. Don't ask me to do anything. You just come and fix what I need. 
The next one I thought of is there's the personal trainer, Jesus. He's just there to give you some helpful hints on how to live a better life, how to live a, a more safe life, a more successful life. You know, three steps to success or seven happy hops to holiness or whatever you want to call it. We just view him as a personal trainer. And then there's the grandfather, Jesus. The grandfather who you can do no wrong. He always tells you what a good kid you are. Boy, I, I, I've had the greatest grandparents in the history of the world. My granddaddy, Dura, would buy me a toy every time I was with him. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's what he did. That's what grandparents want to do. My Papa Shepherd, who was my hero, I could do no wrong in his eyes. And from the time that I was a little boy, I thought, I want to be just like my Papa. I want to have one I can spoil and love. And I think all of you have heard the news by now that I am going to be a granddaddy, a papa, a G-daddy, whatever that baby wants to call me. And just like people who view God as somebody there just to spoil us and meet all our needs, I'm already there and that baby ain't even here. I'm going to need a part-time job because I want to buy everything I see. I just could not. You see these little socks? Are those the cutest little socks you've ever seen? They're John Deere with a tractor on the end, and on the back it says, let's roll. So I just had to buy them. I just can't wait to spoil this baby, and the baby's not even here yet. <clears throat> and those of you that are grandparents, you understand exactly what I'm talking to. God is more than a doddering old man floating on a cloud in heaven wanting to spoil us. And you can probably say all the fake Jesuses that we just talked about, there's an element of truth in all of those. God does meet our needs. God is there to help us in times of emergency. But he's so much more than that. Number two, I want to ask you, do you serve the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords? And here's what Jesus said in Luke 6, 46. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Mm. What's that word Lord mean? It means you're boss means you're in control. It means you call the shots. I don't ask you to bless my plans. I say, Lord, what are your plans for my life? And help me to honor you with that. He's worthy of all of our worship. Why? Why is he worthy of all worship? How do you know he's the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords? Let her A write this down. Well, he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. Now, throughout history and biblical history, there are other people who indeed rose from the dead. But Jesus Christ, God's personal expression of himself, is the only one who resurrected himself by his own power. We ought to talk about that all the time, not just at Easter time. You know the story, Luke 24, verse 5 says, Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for somebody who's alive? He's still alive today. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee? That the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day? Reckon they scratch your head and say, you know what? He, he did tell us that. Maybe we should have been paying closer attention. We wouldn't be so despondent right now. Jesus died on Friday, but y'all, when he rose again, despair died on Sunday when he vacated that tomb. He didn't need a permanent tomb. He only needed a borrowed tomb. So it's that Easter hope in Jesus as the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords that gives us hope that propels us to walk in victory in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of uncertainties. God is still on his throne. Every picture we see of him, if I had time to take you throughout scripture in Isaiah in Ezekiel in Revelation every single time he is seated on the throne he's not wringing his hands he's not upset he's not wondering what's going to happen we need to view him he rose from the dead so all power is his that's my king let her be he rules in heaven with the father I just kind of got ahead of myself he rules in heaven at the right hand of the father 
the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 1.3, the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. God's personal expression of himself, Gloria Gaither says. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he cleansed us from our sins, when he died on the cross and paid the penalty and said, to tell us die, it is finished, the debt is paid in full. When he cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. That's my king. That's why he's worthy of so much more than being a good luck charm in my pocket. And indeed, let her see, he rescues us from disaster. He rescues us from disaster. The psalmist said in Psalm chapter 40 and verse number 1, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. Can I get a witness in the house this morning? Have you been in the pit of despair, in the muck and the mire? He set my feet on solid ground and he steadied me as I walked along. That's my king. That's the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He will rescue you from disaster when you know him as the Lord and Savior of your life. The fourth thing is, he just radically changes lives. He radically changes lives. Some of you my age are old enough to remember the contemporary Christian singer Carmen. I think he's still out there singing. Remember that song, The World Thinks We're Crazy, But We're What? Who remembers? Anybody? You got a mask on. I can't hear you and I'm dead. We're, the world thinks we're crazy, but we're just radically saved. I would submit to you, if I, if I read my Bible the way I'm supposed to, there ain't no other kind of salvation but radical salvation. If any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's my king. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 18, he says, I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes. There are many whose conduct shows they're really enemies of the cross of Christ. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. Is that the world we're living in today? People brag about things that ought to bring shame. They only think about this life here on earth. But we, ladies and gentlemen, we're citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we're eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. I was talking to the guys in the booth this morning. You know, it's still 2020, amen? Now we have a double hurricane headed towards the, go the coast. And somebody said, what is this? And Rick Little said, it's birth pains. It's birth pains. The Bible talks about this, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know when the Lord's going to come back, but my Bible says things will get worse before they get better. But guess what? He's still seated on the throne. He's still in charge. He's warned us this is going to happen. It should not shake our faith in the least. They brag about shameful things. They think only about life on earth. But we, children of the Most High God, we are citizens of heaven, and we eagerly wait for him to return as our Savior. He'll take our weak, asthmatic, allergy, celiac disease, whatever you deal with mortal bodies, and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. That's my king. That's who I was just worshiping a few moments ago. And then... Because he's all of these things, letter E, he demands. He does not suggest, he demands and deserves our full allegiance. Our allegiance is in Christ and in Christ alone. It's not about 
you. It's not about just having your needs met. Although the Dr. Spock generation, in recent generations, we've made it about that in our parenting. We've taught our kids that the world revolves around them. Let me tell you something. Jesus is the game. He coaches the players. He calls the strategies. He quarterbacks the plays. He achieves the touchdowns. He gets the write-up in the paper the next day, and he gets all the glory. That's my king. I don't believe young people are going to faithfully serve a little buddy they keep tucked away in their pocket. I don't think businessmen will be all that God wants them to be if they keep him tucked away on a shelf somewhere. I don't think we're going to take the gospel to the nations as the command of Scripture tells us to do if he's just a friend or a mascot like a college mascot somewhere. I don't think those who just have a bumper sticker Christianity will ever long and pray for and experience genuine, heaven-sent, Holy Ghost revival. I'm telling you, God says things will get worse, but does that mean we wring our hands and give up? No. We pray for revival. We beg God to send another great awakening before it's everlasting too late. You say, preacher, it's overwhelming. Things are so bad. How do we do that? One heart and one soul at a time. There's, the world's had one Savior, and he's not me, and he's not you. What we can do is be the messenger boys and the messenger girls and take the good news of the gospel, one heart and one soul at a time, and as that multiplies, then and only then will we experience genuine, heaven-sent, Holy Ghost revival. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9 says, Therefore God elevated him, Jesus, to the place of highest honor, and he gave him the name above all names, and at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's who we were singing to earlier, y'all. That's who we're called to serve, y'all. So are you despondent? Are you down? I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to, I think I shared this with you last week and I told the guys, the first part of this quarantine, I did all right, but I've just been struggling lately. You know, when you look around and you see people with the mask, it's like we're in bondage, but it hadn't changed who my God is, not one bit. When I put my eyes on my circumstances oh yeah we're gonna get discouraged but we picture the king of all kings and lord of all lords on the throne seated seated in control we will not lose hope that's the same jesus that we worship and serve picture in your mind now if you if you if you read your bible and you're a child of god you know he's coming back amen this world's not all there is one day the Bible says he's going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the dead in Christ will rise first. My buddy Jim Lee that we honored last week, he'll rise first, unless the Lord calls me home between now and then. And the rest of us will be caught up in the air to meet the Lord, and so will be with the Lord ever. Who do you picture him like then? Well, it's not really what I think and what you think. The Bible says he'll be a conqueror riding on a white horse. That's the same God we worship today. That's the same God we serve today. I wish I could preach it like the old preacher, Dr. Shadrach Meshach Lockridge. You've heard of him. He said his name was Shadrach Meshach, and he had no shack. He was a poor man who completely depended on Jesus. Dr. Lockridge said, my king's the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. That's my king. Dr. Lockridge says, no means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartial merciful. That's my king. He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of all civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's unique. 
He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He is preeminent. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy, and he's the fundamental doctrine in all of theology. That's my king. He's the superlative of everything good you can choose to call him. He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. That's the king that we serve. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder, do you know my king this morning? Dr. Lockridge said he is the key of knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the road way of righteousness. He's the highway to holiness, and he is the gateway of glory. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of all governors. He is the prince of all princes. He is the king of all kings, ladies and gentlemen, and he is the lord of all lords. That's my king. That's who I was singing to earlier. His promises are sure. Amen. Give him praise this morning. His promises are sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you this morning. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. I'm trying to tell you, you can't outlive him and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they could not stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimony to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. That is the king that we serve this morning, y'all. He always has been and he always will be. He had no predecessor and he will have no successor. There was nobody before him and there'll be nobody after him. You can't impeach him and he's not going to resign. Praise the Lord. He is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And my Bible says in thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and forever and forever. And Dr. Lockery says, you just add some more forevers on that because he's going to be the king forever and forever. Do you know my king this morning? Is he just some religious ritual? Amen. If all he is is a little good luck charm tucked away in your pocket, you're going to struggle. Not only are you going to struggle if all he is is a good luck charm in your pocket or something you hang from the dash, the rearview mirror of your car, and you're going to struggle in this life, and eternity is going to be a rude wake. God will share his glory with no one. The question for you this morning is not who do Peter say he is, not who do the people of that time say he is, but who do you say he is? And really, that's not even the right question. Not really who do you say he is, what does his word say he is? Because his word is sure, and it never changes. And if his word says he resurrected himself from the dead, if his word says he provides all our needs, if his word says he will transform your life and make you a new creation, that is enough. You just put your faith, your hope, and your trust in the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. The question is, you, everybody in here is going to do that at some point. Everybody watching me in the world, you will do that at some point. The question is, when are you going to do that? Right now, while we're living on this side of eternity, while you have an opportunity to bow your knee and declare that Jesus is Lord, 
I don't know what's ahead for us. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. I know when they put the people in the Colosseums uh, back in biblical days, and they said, if you don't declare that Caesar is, kurios, Caesar is Lord, we'll feed you to the lions. And some of them were fed to the lions because they said, Christos, Christ is Lord. We may live to see that in our lifetime. I submit to you, as gently as I know how to submit to you, if I can do everything else in the world, but I can't come to church because I've got to wear a mask on, how am I going to ever survive when it comes to the underground church? How am I going to survive if they padlock the doors of this church and say, y'all can't ever gather to worship again? Now is the time. Jesus is coming soon. I don't know when, but the Bible gives us some clear signs, and I'm of the opinion we've taken a giant leap forward in Bible prophecy. We do not have time to play games. We do not have time to be religious. we got to recognize who he is. Those who only want him as a mascot and a good luck charm, you're going to have a hard time in this life and the one to come. Verse, verse 9 of 2 John says, Anyone who wanders away from this teaching has no relationship with God. But anyone who remains in the teaching of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. Listen, the best commentary on Scripture is not John MacArthur, it's not Kent Hughes, it's not your favorite comment. The best commentary on Scripture is other Scripture. So he's clearly not saying there you can lose your salvation. But what he's saying is you've got to recognize that. You've got to know there's been a change in your life at some point. Some of you today, under the sound of my voice, perhaps you've been there. You know you sold out to Jesus. You saw the transformation he made in your life, but you've wandered. You've gradually wandered away from that. You've allowed the circumstances, the sin-cursed world we're living in to get to you. Listen, he is as close as the mention of his name. You have to sign up for some 12-week discipleship course, although it's not a bad thing. We ought to go through discipleship. I'm just telling you, he's as close as the mention of his name. A dear brother called me, I believe it was yesterday, sobbing. I thought, oh my gosh, what is wrong? He's just sobbing and crying. Just God just recently gave this brother assurance of his salvation. He said, I faced a situation where three days ago I'd have gotten mad, I'd have cussed, I'd have just gone crazy. He said, all I did is I walked off, I counted the ten, I breathed and said, God, would you take this from me? And he said, just like that, God took that anger away. That's what my king can do. He said, I wish I'd known this years ago. I wish I got a hold of this years ago. If you struggle with habitual sin, perhaps you just need to flat out get saved and quit being religious. Recognize who he is. Surrender your life to him and see what he can do. i got to conclude this. Number one, are you holding on to a fake version of Jesus? Are you holding on to a fake version of Jesus? As I said, I think... All of those fake ones we talk, there's an element of truth in all of those. But he's so much more than that. Number two, has your life ever been transformed by King Jesus? Ever? Has there ever been a time in your life when you knew beyond any doubt that Jesus was the sinless, spotless Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? He died on an old rugged cross, yes, for the sins of the world, but for Mike Dura's sins, for your sins, for all of us. Have you ever recognized that? Because Romans 3.23 says we're all sinners in need of a Savior. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I deserve, I'm just, I know me. I know this joker who grew up in a single-wide trailer in Cordell, Georgia. I know from generational divorce, generational alcoholism on one side of my family, I know where I ought to be right now today were it not for King Jesus. God can take the messes of your life and make miracles out of your life, not for your glory, but for his glory. Has your life ever been transformed by him? He says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, Christos is kurios, Christus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you too can be saved. 
not a mascot in your pocket, not the outline of a fish on your card. Nothing wrong with those things being a witness, but I'm talking about do you know him? Has your life ever been transformed? Perhaps number three, like my buddy that we prayed with this week, maybe you're an unsaved church member. You say, how can somebody be an unsaved church member? Because we're just humans. Your staff, we're just humans. All we can do is what you tell us. You tell us you've been born again and you want to follow the Lord in the waters of baptism. We don't know any better but to just trust you and just say, okay, Lord. Um, but only you know if you really are. You can be a member of a church and headed for hell. You can be a member of a church and never acknowledge that he really is the king of all kings and the Lord. He's not a get out of hell free. Did you see the Lifeway translation just this last week that came out? Any of you see that? Brother Dole, you wouldn't believe it. You would not believe it. It said Jesus is a get out of hell free card. That is, that is blasphemy to say that. He's so much more than that. So are you an unsaved church member? What do you need to do about that this morning? Number four, have you wandered away from the reality of who he is? That's number four. Maybe you knew that. You know your life's been transformed, but you've wandered away slowly. It's a gradual thing. Slowly, you miss a quiet time this week. You miss coming to church this week. Now, we had no choice during the quarantine, and some people have no choice right now because of their physical condition and, and the fact that they're so susceptible to this virus. But when we can, man, it was, let's just tell the truth, you know? There's nothing like being here, but I kind of liked having to not even take a shower and shave, just get up and watch church online. That's just the flesh, right? There's no substitute for being in here. And so I'm afraid the more that happens, the easier it will be for people to stay home and neglect the truth of Scripture because worship is, worship is so essential. He says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. It's so important. Why? He says especially, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, as the day of his return is drawing near. So maybe you've wandered away from the reality of who he is. You say you've been saved and you know it. 1 John 1, 9 says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, preacher, you don't know what I've done. I don't need to know because he already knows. And he said all, all means all, and that's all it means. Do a Greek study on that word and see if what I'm telling you is the truth. So number five, the reality for the rest of us, you say, I know Jesus is my king. I'm ready to charge hell with a water pistol. What do you do next? Well, who can we share that truth with? Because I'm telling you, we're surrounded by people, even what used to be known as the Bible Belt. There is no Bible Belt anymore. We're surrounded by people who do not know our King. Perhaps in this building, perhaps watching on the World Wide Web, I'm telling you, as long as you have, I used to say as long as you have breath in your body, but even that's not enough. You've got to have breath in your body and active brain waves before Alzheimer's or dementia or something sets in. There's nothing more sad than seeing somebody who rejected Jesus and physically they're alive, but mentally they're gone and it's too late. You know the worst is yet to come for them because hell is real just like heaven is real. That's our mandate. That's our marching orders. Is he your king? Is he your Lord? Or is he not? That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? Pray with me, church. Lord Jesus, Forgive us for the times that we just get caught up in the rut and the routine of religion. When we just go through the motions, read our Bible just because we're supposed to. When we come to church just because we're supposed to. Lord, although I know that that's, that's a step of obedience in the right direction, if I read my Bible and come to church, perhaps you will speak to my heart and make a transformation at that point. God, I want to live in the awareness 24-7, 365 that the King of all kings and Lord of all lords is on that throne and he watches me. 
Not only does he watch me, but thank you that he dwells in my heart. Thank you that I can't run from him. I can't hide from him. So there ought to be no temptation to do that. Thank you for the promise that you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Thank you, Lord, for the transforming power of your word. Speak to our hearts in this building this morning. Speak to our hearts, those who are watching live right now, those who will download and watch later. We know that the power is in your word. Transform us, Jesus. Energize us, Jesus. Revive us, Jesus. Permeate us with the power of your presence that we'll be walking, talking, living ambassadors for you and for you alone. And we're going to give you all the glory because we sure don't deserve any of it. Only reason we got breath in our body to share with anybody is because you put that breath there. Only reason we got the ability to speak is because you gave us that ability to speak. God, I beg you to save somebody today. I beg you to bring a wandering believer back to the reality of their faith and hope and trust in you. God, I do pray for so many that are hurting, those that are sick, those that would love nothing more than to be worshiped in this building today, but they're not able to. God, encourage them this morning as only you can. Lord, for somebody who may download this in a hospital bed, speak to their heart, Lord Jesus. Lord, for those that are mourning the loss of loved ones in recent days, Lord, you hold them close like only you can. Lord, we just want to be obedient. When we call you our Lord, that means you're our boss. I pray that would be more than words on my lips, but I pray it'd be the reality of my life. For some, I pray it'd start right now, this morning, in this place. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Hey, the Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? There's nothing in this world to keep you apart. Today, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. I don't know how much longer I've got, but I want to make it all count for his glory. How about you? Let's stand together. We're still in social distancing and pandemic, but if you just want to come and privately pray at the altar, we'll social distance you do that. If you need to talk to one of our staff members after the service, we'll be available. My wife and I'll be back here, particularly to meet anybody that's a first-time guest. we got a gift we'd like to give you. And, you know, with the, I, with the mask on, I don't know who, sometimes who's a guest and who's a member, so cut the preacher a little bit of slack today. Pastor Andrew will be over here if you want to talk about, how do I join Airline Baptist Church? Well, I've been saved, but I need to be baptized. Pastor Andrew can talk to you about that, or Pastor Mike, any of us would love to do that. Let's sing and let's respond for God's glory right now. Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? There's nothing in this world to keep you apart.
Y'all can go ahead and be seated. Again, just want to thank you guys for joining us today. Um, it's so good to see the building, you know, filling back up. So I, I hope, I just pray that, you know, as we move forward, it can start getting a little bit more back to normal. Um, this is getting kind of old to me. It's been a little old, for, old to me, but it's okay. We're going to persevere through it, and it's gonna, we're going to be better for it. Um, as we dismiss today, um, please try not to just mass exit this place um, try to respect the space of other people around you um, it's not ideal guys and I, and I get that it's, uh, it's tough having a distance from people but I just add, as a staff we just want y'all safety to be um, one of the top priorities we have and so just be careful as you exit today we're going to ask that if you want to fellowship and congregate amen um, just ask that you guys do it outside please um, so that we can just start, go ahead and turn this place over to get it cleaned and um, disinfected uh, as we prepare to move forward into next week. So, um, with all that being said, I love you guys. I'm going to pray. Um, I, I believe we have offering plates in the back as well, but I'm just going to pray just a blessing over you guys this week as we, as we head out into this week. And that, I got, and, and that I'll pray, I pray that we, uh, we'll take that Jesus that we sometimes can put in our pocket and that we'll actually take it and it'll be the forefront of our minds. And that our, our students, we talked this week about thinking on heavenly things. Like I, and that those things will be thought about throughout the week so that we, we can live just better lives for Jesus. And people will come to know him as a result of that. So let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for this morning. Got a chance to gather. God, I'm so thankful for that. God, I pray that I never again will I take it for granted. That we get to gather together and just worship you. God, I pray for our people this week. God, I pray that myself and our staff will lead the charge in this, but our people will also um, put you on the forefront of our minds this week. That when we're at work, God, that you're on our minds. God, that we're listening for or times and conversations where we can just slide your truth um, into those conversations, God, so that people can get saved. God, because it's all about you, and it's always been all about you. So, God, I pray that you'll strengthen us. Thank you for the message this morning and the challenge. Um, to walk with you daily. So we love you and we pray this in your name. Amen.